This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. It's time for another edition of the podcast here with Anthony DeMarco and we're going to cover part four, which may be now just an ongoing weekly show, uh, given that there's just so much going on, so much that, frankly, is happening and that we could talk about. So it's the current state of WWE part four tonight. And, Anthony, how you doing, man? And he, I'm going to let you steer the ship because I don't even know where to begin with so much going on. So uh, how you doing? Let's go. Uh, personally, doing well. <clears throat> a lot of good things happening in my life, but in the land of WWE and my personal feelings towards it, I gotta say, and I don't like being a negative Nancy, but I don't remember the last time I've been so down on the product. Um, it's a, it's become a chore for me to watch any show. And I went through periods of that with Raw, let's say, over the last 12 months. I went through periods of that with SmackDown in about 2019, kind of like the tail end of Shane McMahon's heel authority run, at least on a consistent basis. But now I'm having trouble getting amped up and invested into any show. And, you know, you've talked about at length over the last few weeks and over your last solo shows where, like, it's all but certain now that the brand split is a thing of the past. And to be honest, we kind of talked about it two weeks ago as we didn't do our show last week. But we started talking about maybe the whole Roman Reigns and by extension bloodline uh, storyline is starting to get to a point of oversaturation. And for me, it's gotten there. It's gotten to that point where they've pushed it so much that it's hurt everything else around it. You know, Raw has no world champion right now. I know that Roman Reigns is supposed to float between shows and he has both world titles, but, you know, he feels absentee on Monday Night Raw. You know, the biggest program arguably on Raw right now is for the tag team titles. And look, I'm glad that they're pushing the tag team uh, titles. I like that they're pushing RK Brovers, the Usos, arguably the two best tag teams in the world right now. And I'm really happy that they're getting as much screen time as they are, but that should never be the focal point of your flagship show. And even like a storyline like Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, which I'm really invested into, it takes something away from the show when there is no world champion. And look, I like Roman Reigns, but it's starting to feel a bit stale right now. And I never thought I would say that. Because I do like, for the most part, what Roman Reigns has done. And this is no slight on him. This is a slight on creative and Vince McMahon just shoving it down our throats to a point where now it's trying to make me resent the entire storyline. It's a fine line that they're walking because somebody may argue, well, isn't that the point that you're pissed off he's still champion? But I would I would say, and, and I know what you're you're thinking is, well, that's that's not what I'm angry at. I'm not at I'm not angry and invested in wanting to see somebody beat the holy hell out of Roman and take the belt, which is what the goal should be. But rather, I'm at the point where I'm resentful of the story itself, and it actually turns me off to the product. Would I be right in that assessment? Yeah, exactly. Like I don't even want to watch the product. Like it's a it's a chore for me to watch it. 
And look, <clears throat> this is not to say that I've been, you know, 100% invested in the complete product throughout my life. Like there are times where I'm down on Raw, times where I'm down on SmackDown. But as early as a couple months ago, I would wake up Saturday morning because I always watch it taped because I just can't do the commercials. And I would make it a point like, okay, we have to watch SmackDown. We have to watch SmackDown. And it's been that way since Roman Reigns has turned heel and, you know, really embraced the tribal chief gimmick. But now it's to a point where I don't even want to watch it anymore. And again, this is no slight on Roman. It's not like, let's say, a 2016, 2017 scenario where, like, Roman Reigns' babyface character is just so unsufferable that, like, I just don't even want to watch it. He's doing nothing wrong. But I, it's just gotten to a point where everything revolves around him. And your age-old saying, all roads lead to Roman Reigns. And it just feels like there's him and everybody else. And I know some would argue, well, that's how you're supposed to feel for the world champion. He's the world champion for a reason. And I get that. But when literally everything feels insignificant to him, and, like, there's rumors coming out. And, look, I understand that you can help like leaks that get out to the media and it happens in pro sports with the NFL, the NBA and all that guys like Adam Schefter let stuff leak all the time. But when the leaks are something as well, they're like, I saw this one report that really kind of turned me off. And the report was, well, they're still planning to build for rock versus Roman at WrestleMania 39, have Roman defeat the rock and then turn the storyline into billing him as the greatest of all time and in my head i'm saying so by that point we're going to be nearing three years with him as a world champion 18 months as a double world champion and then we're gonna have to go on this like tangent of booking him as the greatest of all time and at a certain point for me it's like when is enough enough that you know you're bringing it up, and I didn't really have too much of an issue with it until you're now making me have an issue with it because it's been such maybe such a good storyline for so long that when I see it, I don't realize that I'm sick of it, and maybe there is something there. And I think now that I, I look at this, I'm probably not exactly where you are and being totally turned off by it because, like you said, Roman Reigns is such a good heel, and he he is seems to be born to be a heel. I mean, we can all agree that he's a jillion times better, if that's an actual unit of measure, better than he <laughs> is versus a babyface. I mean, I don't think there's any disputing that. He's on the best run of his career. He's having a, you know one of the best runs in, in a decade and a half or more. But, you know, what, like you said, it, this Bloodline storyline, it, it feels like it is them and then everyone else off a cliff is is where everyone else resides. And there is there's good and bad to that. But now we're starting to see the, those negatives accentuated because they haven't done much with the undercard. They haven't done a whole lot to make you want to see, oh, this is this is somebody up and coming. I can't wait until they get their hands on Roman. Like. And they have been very, very formulaic with the way that they've presented the bloodline. They even end shows with just a promo. I mean, look at the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, one of the most underwhelming Raws after WrestleMania of all time, at least in the last five, ten years. And he ended the Raw with just a promo. And then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out a week or two ago, and they didn't follow up on that at all. Apparently, that's not happening. They just beat him down, and we're all supposed to forget. Um, and then now it seems as if they're building toward a t they started teasing Drew McIntyre. So 
since this is such a, an issue for you that it's actually turning you off to the product as a whole, like what would you do to solve it? Do you have something in mind that you're like, okay, if, if they did this, th I think that would help. Do you have any, any possible solutions of what you would do if you had creative control? Like as of today or like changing things retroactively? No, well, I mean, let, let's just go with today because, and yeah, we, let's just say we don't have a time machine. And as of this moment, what would you do to fix it? Would you, would you have him drop the belt to Drew? Would you have, I mean, like just, would you dis, uh, disintegrate the bloodline? Maybe turn Roman babyface? Like what would you do? Well, no, I would keep the bloodline intact. I still like the bloodline. And the thing is, is that, like, you you just said it, that when you're watching them, they're such a good, it's such a good storyline, and they are also good in their roles, even Paul Heyman. Like, I love seeing Paul Heyman, and I'll always have time for Paul Heyman. That in the moment when I'm watching it, I'm just like, yeah, this is good. This is good stuff. So I would not, like, make Roman immediately drop the belt. I wouldn't, you know, disintegrate the broadline. Certainly would not turn him babyface. But I would have him drop the WWE championship. Like, I think that was a mistake from the get-go. And I said this leading into WrestleMania, I believe it, with you on this show, where I said, it feels like they're building towards WrestleMania as it to be, like, the finale. Like, this would be the end of WWE, this big, you know, blow-off, and then they would have nothing planned after that. And I've seen reports that say they don't know how to book him anymore, at least right now, after, you know, having this mega payoff with Brock where he becomes the undisputed champion. So I think first off, I would have him lose the WWE championship to someone on Monday Night Raw. I think Raw is really hurting right now because they don't have a world champion, whether that be probably Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins should be the WWE champion right now. Like Seth Rollins is the WWE champion right now and then building into SummerSlam with him versus Cody Rhodes for the championship. Mm. I think like that is something that you're really lacking right now on Monday Night Raw. And that's my whole issue with it. It's not Roman Reigns and the Bloodline specifically. It's just the damage they're causing to everyone else because of how hard and how strongly they're being booked. I still like the bloodline. I still like Roman as champion. I would probably keep the belt on him for at least until SummerSlam. I would probably still be booking the, the Usos very strongly. But the other part about this is, is that they want the bloodline everywhere and anywhere at all times that they're ending the brand split quietly. And I've always been a proponent of the brand split. So I would just have him drop the title, get the brand split back on track, and probably just start having him feud with Drew McIntyre. Have him have, you know, three pay-per-views. And this doesn't mean that he has to defend the championship right away. But why can't Roman have, you know, a tag team match at Backlash with the Usos? Let's say the Bloodline versus Drew McIntyre and, you know, uh, the Viking Raiders. I don't know. Or RK Bro, since you're already in that storyline right now, and then make RK Bro go back to Monday Night Raw. But as we know, they're hell bent on unifying the tag team championships, which means that the brand split is going to be effectively over if it isn't already. So for me, just a few simple things of getting the, the WWE Championship off of Roman Reigns and the brand split back on track will be two simple ways to repair some of the damage done around Roman Reigns because of how like, hard he's being pushed and just, you know, reduce how much exposure he's getting. Those would help. 
I think that WWE, unfortunately, right now, though, is, you know, that they are trending. All signs are pointing to the brand split is over. And they're, they've, like I said, they've done it kind of under the radar or not so under the radar if you're paying attention. And I think you and I and most people that listen to wrestling podcasts have paid attention that they are, they've, they've ended the brand split. I mean, you don't even hear the announcers talking anymore about, wait, they shouldn't be here. Why are they here? Or they were invited or there was a special, they don't even do it. They just accept it as it's normal. So that tells you that not only are they, I mean, they're starting to unify championships. People are coming over to other brands without anybody even pretending that it's a problem anymore. The brand, brand split to me is dead. And if they do a draft this year, I'm, I mean, I, I don't even know why they would bother doing a draft this year. Just just stop. Just end it. Uh, if, if they do a draft, it's all just for show and tell and pretending that it's their season premiere with a new roster. It's a bunch of nonsense. So um, I, I like your suggestions. I think, though, that the problem, one of the problems would be with, that WWE would argue anyway, not me, but that Roman has a limited roster. Roster. If, if you're going to put him back on a brand and drive him drop one of the belts, that means he's back on SmackDown and it's back where you started. And you, you're going to run through the same number of people that you just ran through unless you start recycling. And yes, you have Drew Shinsuke. They haven't touched. I mean, there's probably some other guys they could bring up from NXT, but I think they would argue that it's well, aren't you going backwards by, you know what I mean? So that's the one thing I think they would argue. The other thing I'll say, and I'll toss it to you, um, when you started the conversation, you mentioned about this, you know, 600 plus days or whatever it was, and however however long it's going to be. By the time they get to WrestleMania 39, if he's still champion, they're going to be pushing close to a thousand days with him as champion, near a thousand. And I think they they're already at 600 something. They're more than halfway. They're 60 percent of the way. I think they're targeting a thousand days with him as champion. I really think that's where they want to go. I truly do, and I don't think, even if The Rock comes back, you and I have talked about this many times, The Rock comes back, great, we get the wonderful match, we get it, but uh, that the problem is, I don't. I, as much as I love The Rock and you love The Rock, I still don't think, and you, I think you've said it too, that he shouldn't be the one to, to have him drop the belt to The Rock, it makes no sense, so you'd get that great match, and it'd be fun, and everyone would do you know all the sing-along stuff, but ultimately, he's just back for the the one night and gone. So I believe, I, I really do believe it now, that it's probably going to be the thousand-day run with Roman Reigns. They want to get to that thousand mark. Now, and when you look at the list of people that have the top five longest runs in WWE history, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Bruno, uh, Bruno again, and Pedro Morales have the top five longest title runs. And the, the top five, the fifth one, is 1,027 days. So you could get Roman Reigns, perceivably, to a, a top five longest WWE title run ever. I mean, you, you could do it. So uh, you're, go ahead. Well, that would stand a reason because by all accounts, they want to start booking him as the best of all time when he does defeat The Rock. And look, like, I mean, obviously the greatest of all time is completely subjective, but it seems with Roman Reigns, going back to when they were pushing him as a babyface, Everything has been fabricated with him, you know, trying to fabricate him as the, you know, the, the handpicked guy from the audience or trying to shove us to shove him down our throats as a baby face. And even as a heel now, and I started kind of realizing it when they were building to him versus Brock, it's like the great, the biggest main event or how did they phrase it? The biggest main event in the history of WrestleMania yeah. Like, that's a fabrication. You can't just dub something like that. You know what I mean? It was kind of like when they said, like, the greatest wrestling match of all time with Orton and, and Edge. And now, like, they're planning to book him as the greatest of all time. That doesn't, like, you can't just create that out of thin air. 
And I think John Cena is a perfect example of that. And I've been talking about him a lot lately with my inner circle of friends. Where in the moment, everyone, you know, 18 and up resented John Cena. Unless you were a female, you know, of course, you know, everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, females love John Cena. But like, for let's say the, the large, like, portion of 18 to 35 males detested John Cena in the moment. They hated how hard he was being pushed. But now you look back on Cena, and when he comes back, you're just like, you know what? Like, Cena wasn't all that bad. And now I, I, I can't speak for you. I'll quickly ask you. Like, when Cena comes back now, are you excited to see him? It's a different feel. Here's the thing. I, first of all, I was never a member of the chain gang. I was part of the – when John Cena lost his WWE championship and Edge became his the first his first WWE championship run in 06 at New Year's Revolution, I was sitting ringside right behind JR. I mean, I could touch his hat. And Lillian Garcia was like basically disgusted with my friends and I because we were completely destroying John Cena, like booing the absolute crap out of him. And m- most of Albany was too. I mean, we were one of the first cities to really destroy John Cena in 06. And, um, you know, I, I, I was very, I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that moment uh, on, a, on a personal level, you know, but I, I just to me, when when I look at this, I don't know if Roman Reigns right now is going to be at that time where, it, you know, we would be able to actually say, OK, it's time for him to drop the belt. I don't think you have that moment right now with most fans. And when I look at John Cena back in the day. He is one of those guys I was, ne- again, hated it. And when I, he comes back now, I look at it and I have a different lens because, number one, I know he's not here for long. Do I still hate the, you know, the, uh, the rise above hate and all that, like, mushy stuff? Yeah, I still hate it. I, I mean, I, I don't like it. But at the same time, when you look at him, when he comes back and he just he comes in for, you know, one or two matches, whatever it is, and he cuts a promo, you're like, yeah, this – this guy is like 10 times better than anybody they've got right now. Like he is so good on the microphone that I didn't really appreciate how good he was on the mic. But at the same time, I don't like his messaging. And I know some people would say that that's evil. Well, I don't care. I mean, like I don't like his soft little family friendly messaging. I never did. That's the biggest problem I have with him. And yeah, the five moves of doom and all that stuff. I mean, I could go on the whole thing about John Cena. Ultimately, it comes down to this. I, I, I underappreciated how good he was on the microphone. His in-ring was just fine, if not very good, honestly. I mean, he was a bit robotic and he wasn't as fluid in the ring as what you see today. But I think he could hang with anybody he knew how to tell a story and you don't need to flip flop and fly to tell a story i think that's one big thing i missed back in the day um but i i was never a part of the chain gang and when he comes back i mean i, I when he came back at SummerSlam, i mean i i popped i was like i mean you heard the crowd even the, the, my age that was there that i was you know people were going crazy because they understand the significance of it when you have a, a more of a, a perspective in your you know your late 30s and you've been watching since, you know, your, your teens, you understand the significance of a star like that when they return. So I guess it's all perspective to answer your question. Yeah, and I don't think that anyone, especially like yourself, would have expected to feel that kind of sentiment towards John Cena when, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of the guy who was booing him out of the building at New Year's Revolution in 2006. But I think it's because, yes, they pushed him way too hard. Yes, he buried people along the way. Yes, overexposure, and he was kind of the definition of that. But I think if they would have booked him as the greatest of all time, and again, these are all just rumors, and we don't know if WWE is actually going to ever incorporate that into the storyline. 
But if they actually do start tying that to Roman Reigns, maybe someone like me, and maybe I'm just overly picky, and it's because I hold that to a very high standard, like Austin, like Rock, like Hogan, like all those guys. Like, you can't just say that about someone, even in storyline, before their career is done. Like, it's something that instantly turns me off and makes me resent the guy. And not in a heel-heat way, in a way where it's just like, you know what, like, this is so fabricated, this is so contrived, that even though he's good, and even though when it's all said and done, maybe Roman Reigns could organically be a top-ten guy, which is a hell of of an achievement, I don't know if I'm ever going to want to see him ever again where he gets to the John Cena stage. And look... Obviously, there was a time from, let's say, 08 to 2011 where I kind of really turned tuned out of WWE, where I watched it very sparingly, like luckily if it was five to ten times a year. You know, I was in high school, other things took priority. And I get that that was John Cena's, you know, big time like era, and he was pushed to the moon in those years. But if Roman Reigns actually holds the belt, and let's say 12 months from now, He's still the champion, and he's just defeating The Rock, and he's reached a 1,000 days in a row, and now they start incorporating him into being the best of all time in the storyline. I don't know how, if I will ever be wanting to see him again, even when he comes in on a part-time basis, like we see Cena or before him The Rock was doing. You know what I mean? Like, If they go down that road, are you ever going to have – the feeling towards Roman Reigns that you have with John Cena right now. Huh. So this is getting into something deep. So I, I want to answer this and I'll, I, I definitely, I want to talk about the women's division too. It's before we wrap things up, but I, I do want to answer by saying this, that if they start to incorporate this into the storylines, like you said, let's go with your scenario. That is very likely. Honestly, he beats the rock WrestleMania, and we're at a thousand days. Essentially, at that point, you'll be very close to a thousand days with him as champion. They could, they'll market the hell out of that. I mean, I, I actually believe that they'll do this because they think they'll never have an opportunity again to find somebody like this to have this long of a run. That this is once in a generation run. And I, I would agree with them. Right now, there is nobody else yep. that I would want to have that run. And and I understand the temptation. So I think, given that they're sixty percent of the way there, they're like hell, f it. I mean, we're, we we can see the finish line. Let's just get there. Um, and so if they start incorporating that in, I think it's honestly a bigger issue that WWE has. That's just a representation of a bigger problem they have with, with a lot of storylines. And what I mean by that is like, for example, when, uh, Sasha Banks talked forever about making history, every time she has a match, she talks about making history, uh, or for the first time ever, we're going to be, you know, in there and we're, we're going to, we're going to steal the show. It's like, no, those aren't narratives that you, you should tell us. These are things after the fact that we will understand because we're semi-intelligent human beings and know that, wow, that, wait a minute, yeah, that was the first time that two black women main evented WrestleMania? That's cool, right? Like, I mean, they, they bring in, like, these kind of meta or breaking of the fourth wall narratives to the story that it's like, no, this is after the fact that we'll tell you. You don't get to, you don't get to tell us the conclusion before the story's finished. And a lot of times they try to get ahead of themselves and think that by telling us these things that, wait, guys, guys, this is history. It's history. It's history. Don't forget that. And like you said, if they bring in, well, he's, he's the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest of all time. And they bring that into the story. That's not for the storyline to decide while talking about the storyline. It's for fans to decide after the fact. So I think 
that's the one of the biggest problems I've had with WWE with so many storylines that they've had that they bring into promos that it's like no dude no that's not what you don't bring that into a promo it's hurting the story it's an ex, it's exposing the business further and you're you're kind of forcing the what you want me to believe before the match has actually happened and uh th- that i but all that said i could absolutely see them doing that and i expect them to do that that way unfortunately yeah well this can be a whole episode in and of itself and we'll probably touch on it again next week yeah definitely no we we, we could i mean i this roman reigns thing yeah, the the Roman Reigns thing could be an entire like uh, a weekly show, just kind of a follow up where they're going. It, it, it honestly could be because there is so much going on, and they do just completely t- suck the oxygen out of the room, so to speak, on every show that they're on. And sometimes in a good good way, sometimes in a bad way. But uh, I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, the the women's division and kind of check the check the temperature, so to speak, on how they're doing. And um, you know, right now on SmackDown, you have Ronda Rousey challenging, and she did accept, of course, Charlotte to a I quit match at WrestleMania Backlash, and Ronda Rousey continues to just be awkward on the mic. She was okay this week. Uh, you know, she she was fine. She kind of whispered things as her awkward little side smile when she doesn't know what to say. Uh, to, again, a, a, the, the range of emotion is two emotions. I've said that before, but I have yet to see an emotion in between. Um, it's either super happy, super mad. And so right now, though, I honestly expect Charlotte to drop the belt at WrestleMania Backlash because I can't see WWE pushing Ronda Rousey as a quitter for saying I quit. I mean, there's no way to really cheat the system unless you go back to Mankind in the Rock and their I quit match. If anybody remembers in 99, I think it was, uh, Rock actually won without Mankind having saying I quit simply because he took a recording of Mankind saying I quit and played it in the um, audio system. But, I mean, outside of that, something wacky. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So there's that storyline going on at SmackDown, and then the, on the Raw side, you have uh, Bianca Belair, you have a returning Becky Lynch, which I have no idea what's happened on Raw yet with Becky Lynch returning. So you, you have this kind of interesting setup with the women's division, probably returning Oscar. We keep saying that. Where the hell's Alexa Bliss? So I'll let you kind of pick and choose what you want to talk about with the women's division and how you think it's going. Well, I think it's very top-heavy, and for the most part, it's good. Like, I think Charlotte is probably still the best they have, all in all. But at the same time, you know, Bianca's making a hell of a case. I mean, Bianca has really just caught the women's division by storm for the last 15 months or so. And, you know, I think that, you know, given a couple more months, if not only a few, that she will be considered probably the, you know, the cream of the crop there. And I... I'm really anxious for when her and Charlotte collide. You know, Becky Lynch, you know, she's a constant. I'm not as big a fan of her as, let's say, most people are, but I still respect the hell of what she's been able to accomplish. Ronda Rousey, I mean, it is what it is. You know, she's basically the Brock Lesnar of the women's division, except not as conditioned to the wrestling world. And I'll take it for what it is. I absolutely do agree that she's going to probably win the championship. You, It would kind of hurt the entire premise of her character to you know lose an i quit match the only problem i kind of have right now with the women's division is that it's so top heavy and then nothing else really matters and well seeing that nothing else really matters i guess that's not entirely fair because i do like sasha banks i do like naomi and rhea ripley certainly has untapped potential i like Liv morgan but like you know on smackdown is there a women's division aside from Charlotte and Ronda Rousey, 
I know that Sasha and Naomi are technically uh, the SmackDown superstars, but ever since they won the tag team championships and tag team champions can flip between brands, I feel like they're on more raw more often than not. Like even a storyline like Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, like is that ever something that's going to get, you know, worthy of a title, a pay-per-view match rather? And like you said, where's Oscar? I feel like Bailey's return is somewhere around the corner, and she's certainly someone that belongs in the main event. I just fear that sometimes with the women's division, that if it isn't for one of the world titles that they have, they really don't get the time of day that they deserve. And I would like to see a scenario where you do just have a personal rivalry. Like, why can't we ever see a one-on-one match at WrestleMania or SummerSlam or what have you between women that's just based on, you know, a personal feud? Like, I think that obviously the title was involved in this scenario, but I think the the program between Bailey and Sasha Banks would have been worthy of that, even if the title wasn't in the mix. And I think that's what's kind of held Rhea Ripley back over the last 12 months or so, because just because she's not really been in the championship picture, aside from when she was the Raw champion, and she dropped it, what, like last summer sometime? Yep. Um, like, ever since then, just because she hasn't been in the championship picture, she's almost felt like she didn't really matter. And I don't think that's entirely fair, because I do like Rhea Ripley, and I feel like if they had just invested into her having, you know, a personal feud, like, let's say right now with Liv Morgan, they could go far with it. But we saw how quickly they pulled the plug on her versus Nikki Ash and or Nikki A.S.H., whatever the hell they're calling her now. And look, this is not me advocating for Nikki to get more television time in her current character, but it's just an example of them really not doing anything with the women aside from the championships being involved. And Well, yeah, I mean, we, we pointed that out uh, along with others that you know at wrestlemania that it was very glaring that if there's no no championship involved that the women don't have a match and it's like what i mean but at the same time now we're looking at just you know normal tv shows not pay-per-views or premium live events and you're saying uh well if there's not a title involved there's very few women's matches going on and so i i I think that that's like you said a big mistake looking at the smackdown roster right now I think the one person we kind of did forget about a little bit is Lacey Evans. Um, I mean, I know that she's turned babyface here, and I, I like actually this more authentic, albeit kind of in a, a more of a, I don't know, I, I I feel for her, and I think that's the point is we're all supposed to have sympathy for her upbringing. I'm gonna assume that that's real, and they're not fabricating it. That'd be kind of crappy of them to do, but um, I think what's gonna happen is. If I'm looking forward, a little bit of a prediction here that we're going to have Charlotte beat Ronda um, somehow, some way, and then you're going to have Lacey Evans challenge Ronda Rousey, or rather, um, Lacey Evans challenge Charlotte. Um, if that's if Charlotte re- uh, retains the championship at WrestleMania Backlash, if she doesn't, you could still have Lacey Evans challenge Charlotte in some kind of personal program. But then where does that leave Ronda Rousey? Where does she who does she work with on a part time basis? So honestly, I mean, that's why I'm not a fan of any part timers usually coming in and grabbing championships because it kind of hamstrings the rest of the roster to go, hey, wh- what what do we do while you're, you know, taking a two week break or a, a one month break? Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, I mean, so I think that, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't care if it's a baby face, a heel or somebody I like or dislike. But Lacey Evans, I think, is going to be a contender, somebody that we're not thinking of right off the bat. They've done a few weeks of her with her sob story as a child. 
You know, outside of that, I mean, you have Shayna Baszler. Zia Lee has turned heel. She said that she's the protector of no one except herself now. So she's decided to just uh, protect herself. And I, I mean, I, I don't know what to think of that. But, you know, that, that's that's pretty much it. And uh, Ra- Ra- Raquel Rodriguez, I think, too. Is she on the Ra- Raquel Rodriguez? I think I'm trying to see if she's no, she might be on the uh, raw roster. But um, so anyway, that's what I think, too. I think that right now that it is a very top heavy and I am not uh, I'm not a fan of the women's tag team division because they don't have a tag team division. I've said that before, too. They are fabricating one. Those teams that were together at WrestleMania, like two or three of them have already dissolved. There's only two teams in the women's tag team division, and that's it. I, I don't know. You have the women's tag team champions of Sasha and Naomi, and then you have the, the, the two individuals challenging her in Natalia and um, who is it? Natalia and Shayna Baszler. So that's it. They don't have a division. So go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there are a few people that, you know, still haven't really come up to face Charlotte or Ronda Rousey. I'm still looking at Bailey. Like, if Ronda Rousey was to win the championship, I think Bailey would be the person, assuming that she would return in, in the near future. But, I mean, maybe a Sasha Banks, although I've been there, done that. It's just I want them to invest more time into building personal feuds. And I feel like when they have nothing for certain competitors, they just throw them into tag teams. Like, it it felt like yesterday that Natalia was tagging with, you know, Tamina. And before that, I feel like she was tagging with Naomi. Like, Natalia is someone, and look, I'm not, again, not advocating for Natalia to get more important storylines or whatever, but she feels like someone that they just throw with whoever is kind of lost in the wind at that time. <laughs> yeah. Like her, her tag team with Shayna Baszler to me makes no sense. At least with Tamina, you could build off of the entire, you know, they both have strong legacies with their families in the wrestling business. Her and Shayna Baszler make absolutely no sense to me. Shayna Baszler and, I, and Nia Jax, I felt, made a lot of sense and kind of legitimized those tag team titles in a way that we're not seeing up until Naomi and Sasha Banks right now. But again, and I think you've talked about this at length, I think both of those competitors in Sasha and Naomi are worthy of being on their own. Like, I feel like they're above the tag team titles. So look, they certainly have the talent at their disposal, uh, disposal rather, they're certainly not lacking talent talent on the women's roster. I just feel as though that they could go about using it a lot better. Yeah, it's the utilization of talent. And I actually think that the introduction of the women's tag team championships have actually, they've hurt the women's division more than helped it. There was a, I've said this before, there was a fake movement completely fabricated by WWE to pretend that fans wanted a women's tag team division. And there was probably a subset of fans did, but majority of fans were like, nah, we're okay right now. And I actually think that it has hurt the women's division because not only have we have many examples of times where women have won those tag team championships only to be just, uh, just disappear from WWE TV. I mean, like it's like one of those belts you get and then just disappear. Um, and unfortunately that has been a lot of the case. Now it hasn't happened this time, but, when you look at it, you're thinking to yourself, okay, these two quote-unquote teams that are left in the division, and I say division very lightly, you have you can make a case that all four of them should just be on their own. Like They don't feel like tag teams. They're individuals thrown together to make it uh, appear and create the illusion that there's a women's tag team division. That's all they are. They're not a true tag team. They don't have like true chemistry. Like They don't feel like... 
I, I don't know. They don't feel like a, a, a real team. They're just thrown together for the sake of saying that the women have a division of, of tag teams uh, together, and they don't. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think that you're right. I mean, you, you do have Bailey returning, and I think she'd be a great foil for Ronda Rousey if she were to win at WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash. And I think that's probably more likely than Lacey Evans challenging Charlotte. But, I mean, Raquel Rodriguez, I did look. She is on the SmackDown Women's roster. She's going to be making her debut. So they have some more fresh faces and some returning faces on SmackDown that could, you know, make the women's division feel a little bit more fresh. But right now, it's uh, it does feel a little a little bit, a lot top-heavy with Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. And then it's just like kind of everything else going on. Um, and, yeah, so, all right. Well, you know, this, this certainly could be a conversation that goes on much, much longer. Did you have anything else that you wanted to... Uh, uh, touch on quick before we wrap it up or do you want to save it for next time probably save it for next time to avoid going down another roman reigns <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> oh no oh yeah no i mean serious like i mean we, we call this current state of wwe and then we spend 20 minutes on roman reigns but it's deserving because he is there is so much that's revolving around him and uh the wwe puts around him and and i think that this it's warranted because it's a fascinating topic and one that i think you touched on probably more perceptually than I did that you may represent the majority of fans and I don't, meaning that you're more sick of this storyline than I am. I'm close. I'm, ge- I'm getting there. I'm not quite there. I'm like 80% there. But uh, I, you could very well be one of those one of the fans that represents the majority and it's a it's a fascinating topic to to dissect when you when you look at it and where WWE could be going and who could take the belt off him and all that so yeah I mean like I said it's not so much the storyline itself it's more so just the shrapnel that it's like kind of it caused around all of the competitors around them I just feel like there are guys that should be elevated more right now but kind of can't get to the top because of this bloodline storyline mm-hmm no, yeah, that's true. I, I don't, and I don't think it's intentional to, you know, I think that WWE, that wouldn't make any sense for them to intentionally try to, um, to, to try to suppress talent and suppress star building. I mean, that would be extremely counterproductive. I think it's just kind of the nature of the beast. It's, it's unintended consequences of having something like this, a, a once in a generation type of run. And you're going to have bodies along the way that are just kind of civilians, so to speak and that are that you know you, you don't mean to be ignoring you don't you're not you know in, in normal times if you didn't have a run like this they probably would get elevated and right now it's the roman reigns show and he does feel like an absentee champion on raw to him that was a good point but uh yeah i mean th- this is this is a topic you right i gotta stop but uh anyway thank you for joining us buddy i mean you, you will be on again this friday with another wwe retro it, uh it's been rebranded guys it's no longer rivalries it's retro and uh you'll be back this week with another show and um so i'm looking forward to that and if you want to share any other information you know, go ahead yeah, well, as always, you can get me on Twitter at AdaMarket25. And, yeah, for sure, check out Retro. I expanded the show – well, rebranded the show to kind of expand the territory that we can touch on it. And this week covering the championship run of JBL in 2004 and early 2005. And that's something that I've never really talked about, but uh, a run that I remember quite vividly and uh, one that was probably underrated in in the grand scheme of things. Mm, it really yeah it, it i remember watching that run it felt very much like roman reigns although roman reigns is longer but it was just kind of like okay jbl like my god how does he still have the belt i remember feeling yeah. that way 
escaping after a choke slam through the cage, bloodied by Big Show underneath the steel cage, like things like that. I, I remember that so well and just feeling like, oh my God, somebody take it from him. But again, I mean, this is, it was about a 10 month or 11 month run, whatever it was that JBL had. And it was memorable as hell. And I would encourage everybody to go check that out. So uh, again, thank you so much for joining me, buddy. And we'll be uh, chatting next week. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Good night. Take care. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.